Let's turn to our, in our Bibles to Luke chapter 5. I have a spare phone that I just found up here. It's at our mom's. <laughs> Zinle, you want to pass that back to him? Luke chapter 5. And uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 12 today, Luke chapter 5, verses 12 down to 16. Ladies, uh, help me remember this. What was the chorus there? That was before Jesus passed by. What was right before that? I was, I was past hope, but that was before Jesus passed by. I didn't ask them to sing that. I didn't know what they would sing today, but that just dovetails perfectly with what we're going to talk about today. The name of the sermon is Touching the Untouchable. We're going to read about a man who, earthly speaking, was past hope until Jesus passed by. Verse number 12, And it came to pass, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who, seeing Jesus, fell on his face, and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him to tell no man. But go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities, and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And with that word, I believe, let's also bow our heads and pray. Father, today as we look at this story, immediately I, I think of what you've done in my life, the day that you passed by and changed everything. Without you, we are without hope. It's, it's just a, a not a, a pleasant existence at all until you come into the picture. Might you speak to our hearts today. Please fill me with your spirit and Lord, come down. If somebody's not saved, might this be the day, Lord, that they feel your hand extended to them and wash away their sins. And we ask for your help, for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is one of those stories that, in my opinion, preaches itself. I, I read it and I think, how can you not see what's going on here? Not just physically, right? Physically, you understand the story. He had leprosy and he was healed. But as with most sicknesses, they are easily seen as a picture of sin. Right? We think about somebody who's blind. We can think about spiritual blindness. You don't see the goodness and grace and mercy of God right there before you. Deafness, you know, you don't have ears to hear. We can easily equate those things to the spiritual. Leprosy, in a very big way, does this also. Leprosy is a horrible, horrible disease. We've come a long way since biblical times, right? We understand more about leprosy now. There are medicines, there are... I hesitate to say cures, but you can put a person on several different medicines and, and they can get better. Even in biblical times, people on occasion very rarely would get better. It's not as if leprosy always ended up in a horrible death. We read about miracles in the Old Testament. Remember Naaman, who was told to go dip himself in Jordan? There are cases, and even in, in the book of Leviticus, 
God said that if a leper is cleansed, he'd have to go to the temple, and we read it in this story, offer for his cleansing. So it was possible. But understand, the disease of leprosy, especially in biblical times, was a horribly painful, and the only word, the best word I know to put on it is disgusting. And I don't mean that in, in, a, in a mean way, but if a person has it, you see, it attack, that bacteria attacks the nerves. It actually destroys something within the nerve cell to where a person loses feeling in a particular part of the body. You can see uh, the skin begins to, to die. That person loses feeling. And what happens is in that dead spot, people will get infections or injuries and they won't even know it. You can visit leper colonies to this day. It still happens where a, a mouse or a rat will come in the middle of the night and nibble on that part of the body and the person doesn't even know it until the next day they wake up, part of their face, part of their hand is gone. This is why lepers, you often find them without fingers, toes, or even sometimes legs and arms because they have to amputate due to the infection that is set in. They only catch it after it's way past the catchable time. It's a very sad disease, and, and strangely enough, it's a very, it takes a while. You can be infected with leprosy and not know it for 10, 20 years. You might think you just have a small rash in your skin, which if you've read Leviticus, you know if somebody had a, a bright red spot or a yellowish hair, they'd have to go to the priest, and the priest would diagnose it and say, yeah, this is just a rash, or this is truly leprosy. You need to be set apart. And if somebody had leprosy, they were not allowed to function in society. We called it a leper colony, right? In biblical times, they had the camp of Israel. A leper had to stay outside the camp. And we can very much relate to this now. If they were to move about, they if anybody were to pass by their proximity, they would have to cover their mouth, put a mask on, and say, unclean, unclean, so that nobody would come too close. They didn't want to pass on whatever they had this was a devastating disease and in verse number 12 we, we get the the story the scene is set for the story before we get to the wonderful ending with Jesus passing by and touching him we have to first get this part of the story he came, it came to pass he was in a certain city behold a man full of leprosy full not just a little bit full what does leprosy do? It deadens you. What does sin do? You may not realize it because it takes a while. But when you get infected with sin, little by little, it begins to eat away at your life. And the Bible even says in Ephesians chapter 4 that that sinner can become past feeling. You don't even realize how devastating the disease is until one day you look down and realize that part's gone. That part of my life, whether it's a relationship, a, a family member that you used to enjoy fellowship with, now you can no longer fellowship with them. A marriage might be destroyed. A job might be lost. Your health might be forever destroyed because of that sinful habit you're engaging in now. You don't feel the full effects of it now. But down the road, it will completely envelop you. This man looks down at himself and he is full of leprosy. He didn't start off that way. He started off with one little spot here, one little spot there, and thought maybe it's just a rash. I could get over this, put a little ointment, put a little salve, 
I'm sure I can handle this. Did you know that's exactly what sin will do with you? You think that you're in control of your sin. Be sure your sin will find you out. The Bible says sin is very deceitful. It makes you think this isn't a big deal. It won't spread. Give it time and it will completely take you over. You know, the prob- one of the big problems for lepers is they lose their olfactory senses, their, the nerves in their nose. They can't smell properly anymore. You can imagine if somebody's body in here and there patches all over, if the flesh is decaying, you can imagine the smell of a leper colony. It, it, it would not be a pleasant smell. That's why I use the word disgusting. It would just be very hard to live in that situation. But... If you're a leper living amongst other lepers, you probably don't realize how bad it is. Because your smell is just like everybody else's smell. And you know what happens for a lot of people? They they look around, they don't see just how devastating their situation is and how much sin has affected them. Because the next person down the road also has the same issue. And we go nose deaf to sin. We think it's not that big of a deal because we're living in a worldwide leper colony where everybody also has that same stench of sin on them. I can remember before I got saved at the age of 20, I had in my mind that I was a fairly decent guy. Now, I don't know why I had that in my mind because when I look back at the things I was doing, my goodness, how could I ever consider any of that decent Now that I look back, honestly, not trying to exaggerate it, it seems like every minute of my life was engaged in something sinful, whether it was a thought, whether it was a bad word, a bad joke, whether it was looking at a woman, whether it was lying, whether it was being lazy, whatever it was, it just wasn't right. But I looked around and thought, well, I know some of my friends that are a lot worse than me. So I'm a pretty decent guy. Listen, I never missed a Sunday of church. Not one baptized at the age of 10 days old my dad had me in church I went to Sunday school I did every ordinance that the Catholic Church had me do I grew up involved my dad read the Bible with me when I was eight years old so I thought as I looked around the room at the other lepers in my classroom when I looked around at the other lepers on the court that I played basketball with or bowled with or whatever sport I might be playing football whatever it was American football (laughs) I looked around and thought, you know, I'm saying the same jokes, I'm thinking the same thoughts, I'm, I'm doing the same things, but on Sunday I go to church. These guys don't. And what it did is it, it soothed my conscience just enough so that I could not appreciate how bad my case of leprosy was. You know, your desperation towards Christ will begin when you realize how full of leprosy you are. That's why the story starts here with the man full of leprosy. If the devil can convince you that you're not that bad off, the rest of the story probably won't hit home. But as soon as you admit, my life is filled with sin, and maybe there is some other leper that's worse off and farther gone in the process of leprosy, but the same disease is in me that is in him. And just give me time, I'll be right there with him. That's where the story begins for all of us. This man, 
full of leprosy, it says in verse 12, who seen Jesus fell on his face and besought him. He begged him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. It's the desperation I want you to see in verse 12. This man's desperate. Why is he desperate? Because he realizes he admits fully, I'm, I'm filled with this disease. You admit, I'm full of sin. Jesus becomes much more attractive to you. The old saying is, we can't get you saved until we first get you lost. The righteous, right? We're not calling them, we're calling sinners to repentance. It's not the healthy that need the doctor. It's the sick man that needs a physician. It's the man full of leprosy that when he sees Jesus, he falls down and begins to worship. That is why in our churches we go dead Leprosy's taken over the heart. We're, we're not attracted to Jesus. He just doesn't stir our hearts like before because we've forgotten just how desperately we need Him. Sinner, if you're here and you've never been saved, yes, take seriously that your leprosy is going to cost you in, in eternity away from God. But know that there is a remedy. Jesus passes by. This man falls on his face in desperation. I, I remember when I was 16 years old, I had an old beat-up Chevy, a 1970-something model Chevy pickup. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Baki. Yamar. A Baki. Sorry, I've been hanging out with Americans. It's, it's a Baki, not a pickup. I counted it one time. I had over 40 rust holes in that Baki. Not spots, rust holes. In the passenger side, where the passenger gets into the vehicle, the whole floorboard had rusted out. You could see the ground. I put a mat over the hole, and it was my little joke, you know, somebody get in, whoop, right to the ground. <laughs> One night, 16, the details you don't need. It was a bad night. Every sinful thing that had crossed my mind that night came to pass and as I got done with it I was under such conviction I had never heard the gospel 16 grew up in church never heard the gospel not once nobody ever told me how to get saved but after that night I knew I was going to hell I said there's no way there's no way if I died right now there's no way I can be forgiven for this no way I got in that old beat-up Chevy and drove straight to the church. St. Bartholomew's Roman Catholic Church, Fort Worth, Texas. Pulled up in that car park, slammed the door, ran. I'm talking, I'm not exaggerating, I ran to the front doors of those church, uh, uh, of that church, and I, start, I, I, I was gonna run in, run down to the altar. In a Catholic church, you have a little box behind the altar area you have a little box that's called the tabernacle that's where you keep the bread that the priest will supposedly change into the body of Christ I was going to run down and fall on my knees in front of what I thought was Jesus's presence and beg him to forgive me I got to the doors of that church desperate I grabbed on they were locked I couldn't get in I sat there for 20-30 seconds just shaking those doors not thinking I would bust the doors and get in. It was the breaking of my heart. I needed mercy. I needed cleansing. I was full of my leprosy. 
And I stood outside those doors. Eventually, my arms got tired, and I let go, and I looked at that church, and I looked at myself, and I thought, well, you've done it now, Mike. You've done it now. God doesn't want you. And I walked back somberly to my vehicle, got in it, and drove home. I had glow-in-the-dark rosary beads. How many of you know what a rosary is? It's a cat. You've seen Catholics wear it. It looks like a necklace with all those beads, and then it comes down and has a cross at the bottom. Every one of those beads represents a prayer. I had glow-in-the-dark rosary beads, so I would pray the rosary. So when you pray the rosary, you say, Six Our Fathers, 53 Hail Marys, Six Glory Bees. I repeated those prayers for three or four hours. And I thought, surely that'll cleanse my soul. I was so desperate. And after all that time, I laid there and looked at those beads and thought to myself, I don't feel any better than when I started. I was a leper trying to cleanse myself. I was desperate, but had no help. Not this man. Verse 12, he beseeches Jesus. He besought him, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And I love this part. When you're dealing with the physical part of, of any sickness, right? You go to God, God, if you're willing, please heal me. That's the right way to pray because God is not always willing to heal you physically. There's no promise that God will always heal your physical problems, right? The example is the Apostle Paul, three times, take the thorn away, my grace is sufficient for you. So the answer is not always yes, but when it comes to being saved. When it comes to God, please take away my spiritual leprosy. The answer is always yes. Sinner, if you're here today and you've never been saved and maybe you feel a touch of that desperation, you know you've done things that are not going to pass the judgment. There's no way God can accept you the way you are. You're full of leprosy. If you come, fall on your face before God and say, please save me. Jesus said, if any man comes to me, I will in no wise cast him out. Every time the answer is yes. The Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It says in 1 Timothy that God, the will of God is that all men would be saved. That includes you, dear leper. That includes you. The Lord is willing. If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Verse 13. This is what I find interesting. This is where I got the title for the sermon. And he put forth his hand and touched him. When you look at this story in Matthew, Mark, and it's also now in Luke, in, those, in what we call the synoptic gospels, that fact is in all three stories. They, they share a couple other things. You know, Mark's gospel says he was moved with compassion and then the leper after he was cleansed blazed abroad the matter. So they tell the story a little differently. But this one fact is in there. Now think about this with me. If you take this fact out that Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, doesn't the story remain the same? I mean, he's, he still begs him for cleansing and Jesus still cleanses him. If you take that out, we still understand the story perfectly fine. Right? But every gospel writer, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, put that fact in there. And that, draw my, that drew my attention to it. There, there's got to be something to this. Watch this now. Nobody's supposed to touch a leper. And nobody, nobody can touch God. 
The Bible says he dwells in the light that no man can approach unto. He, because of his holiness, is unapproachable. No one can live up to that holiness. And we are so full of sin that God, God, how does he reach down to our level? He's holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, the Bible says. We are untouchable. God, for another reason, is untouchable. Jesus steps in. And the Bible says that He, God the Father, hath made Him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Here, against all cultural norms, against all expectation, if you're that leper and you've fallen on your face and you're begging, please, oh please, if you will, just cleanse me. And before Jesus says anything, you see his hand coming forth. Do you just let that sink in for a minute? How precious that must have been. When's the last time anybody reached forth their hand for this leper? When's the last time anybody cared about you the way Jesus does? He'll go that extra mile and do something for you that no one else is even allowed to do. No one else could do. He reaches forth and says, I I know that society's done with you. You can't function in society. There's no hope, no no real hope in your life. But I still care. You, You know how when something big is happening, but it's happening right now and you don't have time to really process what to do? You know, here comes the hand. I mean, it's not like, it's not going slow motion, but here the hand is coming out, that that leper. Imagine how his heart starts beating. Oh my goodness. He's going to, should I stop him? Should I just take, what do I, what do you do? Your heart just starts, the untouchable one is about to touch the untouchable one. (laughs) He's thinking, this shouldn't happen. Sinner, there's no reason God should reach down and save you. You do not deserve what Jesus did for you on the cross. This is why we call it grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. And you get it as a gift. You didn't earn it. You know what you brought him? Leprosy. And, and he says, alright, there's no way you can fix it. I'll just give you mercy. Move with compassion, it says. He puts forth his hand and touches him. And he says, I will Be thou clean. Can you imagine how those words must have felt going into that man's ears? Because remember, this is a physical thing. We understand it spiritually. You know, we we see this as a type of getting saved. But physically, mind you, he approached Jesus not knowing what Jesus would say. He asked, you know, if thou wilt. He wasn't sure if Jesus would be willing. For, For him to hear the words... I will be thou clean before watch this now before you feel the difference you hear the word you know what happens when you get saved you get saved by faith faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God you don't need a feeling in order to have faith you need to have faith so you get the right feeling And as soon as he heard the word, right, all Jesus had to do was speak the word. That man heard the word and said, 
Oh boy, what comes next? And it says immediately the leprosy departed from him. I bet that felt good. <laughs> I bet he had a feeling and a half then. He looked down and went, oh my goodness, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. He started to change. Like that. You know, when the, when the untouchable one touches the untouchable one, everything changes. And, and it starts off with him simply saying the word, but once that word sinks in, how will you'll never forget the day when he said to you, you're clean, your sins are forgiven, you're justified, you're in my family, you're, you're one of my children, I have a plan for you, I'm going to conform you, I'm going to keep you, you're sealed to the day of redemption, you're forevermore clothed in the robes of my righteousness. I'll hold you fast forevermore. I mean, when God's promises start to sink in, whoo! Imagine how that leper felt, that heart pounding, that excitement. What used to be nothing but deadness is now feeling alive. I bet his fingers started tingling. I bet his feet started tingling. His nose probably. Man, I haven't smelt, I haven't seen, I haven't heard. Everything just comes alive. Man, that's, that's getting born again right there. I know this is the physical sense of it, but that is what, that's born again. I, I went to my pastor's house at the age of 20. I'd heard him preach in church. I told you in Sunday school, he preached a message about the hallways of hell. It took me a couple of months to realize I had never been saved. I had so much church in my past, I thought, surely I, I've heard all this at some point. It took a couple of months for me to unlearn everything I'd heard in church. And then one day, the 3rd of August, 1996, I went to my pastor's house. I got down on my knees in his living room. And I said, I want to make this personal to me. And I'll never forget it. I prayed right there. I said, I said Brother Freddie, that was the pastor's name. I said, Brother Freddie, I'm here today. I know I've been coming to church for a few weeks, but... I believe everything you've been saying about how to get saved, but now I know I've never done that personally. I want to do that right now. I want to call on the name of the Lord. I want to be saved. I'm, I'm desperate. He could not stop me. I went to his house so that somebody could witness it and make sure it was done right. <laughs> By the way, you don't have to have your pastor there, but I wanted it done right. I got down on that living room floor, hands and knees, and said, oh God, please, I don't deserve to be saved. I'm a sinner. I deserve to go to hell, and I admit that, but I know because you died for me, that's the only thing that can save me. I'm accepting you today. Please come into my heart and save me. In Jesus' name, amen. And right then and there, immediately, this peace that passes all understanding just flooded my soul, and I felt the weight of my sins lifted off of my heart. And it was as if I was floating, not physically, mind you, but floating out that front door going, man, this, this is how it ought to be. Yesterday, we were out on the streets witnessing, and Christina, my wife, had the opportunity to give a young gentleman a tract and led him through the gospel, and at the end, he said, would you like to be saved? And he said, absolutely. He bowed his head. He prayed, he asked Christ to save him. He looked up and the first things out of his mouth, Christina said, do you feel better? He said, I feel so much lighter. I just feel so good. Trembling tears in his eyes, thank you for telling me this. 
I'll never forget the day when I heard those words, the Holy Spirit whispering in my ear, I will, you're clean. We sing a song. I remember the day when the Lord saved me. All of heaven came down. I was happy and free. Glory filled my soul. For I knew the Lord had made me whole. I will never forget the day when the Lord saved me. How can you? You think that leper ever forgot that? You know what Jesus told him to do? The next thing is the hardest part of the story. Come on, man. Come on, Jesus. Why? Verse 14, and he charged him to tell no man. What? Come on, what? That's not how the story should end, right? If I'm writing the Bible, I don't, that's not how the story ends. See, everybody else is crying about it too. <laughs> tell no man. He charged him to tell no man. Now, we've already studied this in, in Luke's gospel, so you church should know why he does this. Jesus doesn't want to be mobbed in that area because he needs to go preach at other cities also, right? So we know why he's doing this. He charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now, this is where, if you're interested, you can go back later today and read Leviticus chapter 14. The whole chapter explains what a leper had to do when he was cleansed. Now, I'm not going to give you every detail of it, but let me just share with you the first part. The leper that's cleansed would have to go to the priest. The priest would check him out and legitimately say, yes, the leprosy's gone. And then that man would have to bring two birds. One bird would be killed and the blood would run into a basin where fresh water had been poured into it. The blood and the water would mix. And then the other living bird would be dipped in that watery blood. And then that living bird would be set free. Then they would take cedar wood, hyssop, and scarlet, dip it in that same fluid, and sprinkle it on that leper that had been cleansed. So you have a living bird and a dead bird and and you dip the living you dip it that's the same word by the way for baptize you dip it why it's a testimony it's a it's a public proclamation that something massive has changed in my life and I want everybody to verify that it's different now part of me is dead and buried and part of me is raised again to walk in newness of life so part of me is crucified, dead, and buried with Christ. That's the dead bird. But there's part of me that has been born again, spiritually alive, never to die again, and it is raised to walk in newness of life. That's the living bird set free, both of them covered in the blood. Then that leper, it didn't stop there. He'd have to shave off all of his hair, and I mean all of it. Shave his head, his eyebrows, arms, everything. Say, why? Making a fresh start. You're walking through town, people are looking at you going, dude, what happened? <laughs> did, you, did you lose a bet? What happened to you, right? You know what happens after you get saved? You, you go back to the same places you used to be, and people look at you and go, something a little different about you. <laughs> What's happened to you? You know, over and over again, then you'd have to go and have, you'd be anointed, right? They'd put oil on your ear and oil on your thumb and your toe. All of that had to happen, and this would take a few weeks. 
for this ritual cleansing to take place and now you can go back into society a changed man. But what you're doing is publicly professing, testifying to everybody, I'm not the man I used to be. Jesus says, because remember this is before the cross, this is still, they're under the Old Testament law at this time. Jesus says, go down there and offer your offering. Don't you know that priest asked, hey man, what happened to you? Aren't you, aren't you that guy that was full of leprosy? We didn't think there's any hope for you. And he says, let me tell you what happened. I met this guy named Jesus. And my life will never be the same. Now Jesus said, don't tell any man. Here's how I think it played out. The priest asked him, so what happened to you? Oh man, I, I saw this guy named... No, no, no. Um, no, I, I just, you know, praise the Lord. I'm doing good. Yeah, just feeling better. You know, I, I, Moringa. <laughs> you know, vitamins. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> he has to bite his tongue. And bite his tongue. And bite his tongue. Verse 15. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him. <laughs> in, in Mark's gospel it says, this same leper former leper, begin to blaze abroad the matter. Blaze it abroad. He, 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 his fire got lit, and now he went off lighting fires. <laughs> he probably tried to bite his tongue and be mindful of what Jesus told him, but this is the best rebellion you'll ever find in the Bible. Amen. I mean, some of you folks that are, you know, you enjoy rebellion. Here, here's a chance to be a good rebellion, <laughs> a be, you know, to be good at rebellion. Jesus says, don't tell anyone. He probably didn't for a minute or two. But eventually, he just threw that out the window and said, I've got to tell somebody. Because when you meet the creator of the universe, he reaches out, the untouchable reaching down to the untouchable and touches you. How do you stay quiet about that? you got to tell somebody. Think about this. That man couldn't, couldn't hold it in after a while. He, he ran down the street. <laughs> look, I'm clean. The first guy he tells that to says, yeah, me too. I don't have leprosy either. What's, and? And he says, no, 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 no. You don't understand. For years, I was covered in it. And then he tells the story. And then he runs down to the next guy. You got to check this out. I'm clean. And? Right? And he has to, he's retelling this story. He's so excited. What about 20 years later? You think he was still running down the street telling everybody? Probably not. You know what happens. This is what happens. It, it, we, we get used to this new life. And it's not that we don't appreciate that we've been saved. We do. We, we still happily acknowledge that Jesus is our Savior. But we're not running down the street telling everybody, I just met the Lord. He touched me. We remember it, but it's in the back of our mind. It's not on the tip of our tongue. Now, if somebody asks, you know, uh, have you ever been sick? Then boom, if there's a chance, you'll tell the story. But it's not the first thing. You don't run down the road and just out of nowhere start telling the story. What do you think would happen if this leper, this former leper, happened to walk past a leper colony? 
He probably went back to his life eventually, you know, got a job. You got to pay the bills and eat. So he probably got back into a, a rhythm, a routine. But eventually, one day, he's walking past a leper colony. And he looks out there and he sees those people outside of the camp with their face masks, unclean, unclean. And immediately it comes flooding back to his mind. That's what I was. That's where I was. That's where Jesus brought me from. To where I am today. You see, with us, the leper colony is all around us. We're always reminded there's another person who needs to hear the Master say, I will be thou clean. He needs to hear my story. He needs to hear what Jesus did for me because I know Jesus, can, I know Jesus is willing to do the same for him. Constantly reminded are we back in the routine of life? Sure, but every time something gives me a chance to talk about that story, I'm going to share it. Let me drop some, uh, 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 not a surprise, drop some knowledge on you here. You know why Jesus told him, don't tell anyone. Jesus needed to go from town to town. Here, here's the knowledge bomb I'm dropping. Jesus isn't here anymore, physically. You know that, right? Okay, th there's the knowledge bomb. You know what that means, right? He's not, it's, we're not going to slow him down if we go tell people what he can do. We're not going to hinder his ministry if we go tell people that he can do these kind of things in their soul. So now that he's no longer here, you know what he told the uh, apostles right before he went back to heaven? Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, all Samaria, to the uttermost part of the earth, right? So now, God, yes, that for the moment, don't tell anyone. But understand, Jesus has gone back to heaven now. So now, this mandate of silence has been lifted. And now the opposite is true. Really, we shouldn't need to have a commandment that tells us to go and preach the gospel. If you appreciate how full of leprosy you were, and what a difference Jesus made for you. How can we stop you from telling the story? Not to switch metaphors too much, but I like how one preacher put it. Telling somebody else how to get saved is simply this. It's one beggar telling another beggar where he found the bread. That's all that it is. It's one leper. One former leper telling another leper where to get clean. Let's all stand if you would please. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I'd like to give you folks a, a moment or two. I, I believe this sermon lends itself to somebody who maybe came this morning and is unsaved. Maybe today it hits you that you're full of leprosy. Say, I don't feel it. Well, that's what leprosy does. You don't feel it until it's too late. 
It just slowly eats away at your life. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never heard the Savior say, you're clean. If you've never done that and you'd like to be saved today, I'd like to pray for you. I I can't save you, right? I, I can't do that. But I would like to pray and ask God to draw you close. Would you be willing to slip your hand up? Say, Pastor, pray for me. I, that, that touched my heart. I'm that sinner. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for the honesty. It's as simple as this. This is where you come to the Savior and say, please, Lord, save me. I cannot cleanse myself from sin. I'm hopeless without you. I believe what you did on the cross pays for my sins. Please be my Savior. Would you do that? Would you do that? Even right where you're at. Would you pray that in your heart? Be honest with them. Say, Lord, there's so much leprosy. My past is so dirty. Make me clean. Strangely enough, I was going to ask Ann to play this exact song, and she's playing it. Lord, make me whiter than snow. Sinner, has He done that for you? Have you heard the Savior say that you're saved, you're forgiven? If you've heard that, how about today you go out and tell somebody else what He did for you? So, you know, it's been a while since that leprosy was cured in me. It's kind of worn off. Here's what you do then. Go tell somebody else how to get saved and watch their leprosy get cleansed. It will remind you immediately of the day that Jesus touched your life. I'm just trying to be mindful of the Holy Spirit this morning. We're just going to take a few more seconds here. This morning, if you gave your heart to Christ, you understand what I mean by that. This morning, if you cried out in your heart and asked Jesus to save you, would you be honest enough? Again, nobody's looking. This is just between you, me, and God. Would you slip your hand up and put it down again? Thank you. I appreciate that. If anybody here has questions about it, I'm going to pray in just a moment. Ask God to help you make the right decision. Please come and see me. I'd love to help if I could. Father, I thank you for that blood that was shed that cleanses us from that seemingly hopeless disease 
It's infected all of humanity, Lord. Thank you for the day you reached down and touched the untouchable. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. Lord, the leper colony is all around us. Help us, Lord, to be moved with compassion as you were. And I I pray specifically for any sinner here today, before they leave the building, God, please, might they find their way to the cross. Might this be the day that they hear the words, Be thou clean. Thank you, Lord. What a a blessing it is to to, to know that you passed by and reached forth your hand. Thank you for touching our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Folks, thank you so much for your time this morning. Six o'clock tonight, we do have Bible school. Please, if you want to have time for that, we'd be happy to have you.